Shock Sports Radio starts now. If Jason Tatum did not miss nine games, Jason Tatum would have been the number one pick in this draft. This guy had the knack, the ability to create his own shot. I, I think Pritchard was asking too much. Danny wasn't willing to give up. And that's just the way it goes. As a GM, your responsibility is to get the best offer out there. Yeah, that's my point, though. I think he's trying to you know, look at his career as a whole and say, I don't want to go 3-9. and nine. Welcome to week 27, counting week 27 of Shark Sports Radio. Alongside of me is Andrew Gifford. He goes by Giffy. And it's yours truly, Mark Loisel Jr., a.k.a. Shark, right here in the Ocean State. As always, you can tune in using your Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify app. Also, when you get a chance, write a review, rank our podcast, tell us if we suck, tell us if we're great. Uh, as a reminder, uh, you can also check us out on Twitter at SSR2019. And we'll skip over gifts because I know I've been throwing you know some some hatred uh, against his Twitter name, uh, which he'll have to switch his handle around for sure because, again, it might be his cell phone number. <laughs> and as always, Facebook, you can check us out on our Shark Sports radio page. We appreciate the feedback from all listeners recently. And uh, appreciate you taking the dive in with us tonight. And GIF, wow, we have a lot to talk about. Let's get this started. I think there's one more game to be played this week, which is tomorrow. Uh, you know, you got Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I, I think Pittsburgh really, you know, they're 10-0. and If you were to tell me Pittsburgh was 10-0, and I think you, I'd laugh in your face. Because you have sometimes those, you know, small little hurdles that you have to get over throughout the season. And let me tell you, throughout the course of the season, this team looks unstoppable. And a big part of it is their defense. They are top on the charts, uh, top on the charts, and they have a good running game. And also Big Ben Roethlisberger, anytime you have Big Ben and Mike Tomlin, again, one of the greatest tandems in this era of football. Um, but Kansas City putting a beat down, putting a, a beat down, um, you know, in the first half at least. Um, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was exactly what I thought would happen with Pat Mahomes, which we will get into. Um, nothing really else stands out to me. I mean, I, I think the surprising factor is the Ravens being six and four, um, and you have Oakland, you know, sitting on the outside, which is expected in my eyes. Colts may be the team that kind of draws out of the top seven, but again, they co- they continue to prove a lot of people wrong. And Frank Wright is coming to coach every single game. And it's a collective group, and it's a collective win every time they step on the field. Same as the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have had their way. You know, of course, the schedule plays a major factor, but they've had wins, and that's all that matters. If you get a 1-0 in that win column, you are fine. Um, It doesn't matter how you win. Just win a ball game, and they've won everything. All three phases of the game, which the Colts have done too. So I think just the big picture going down the stretch in this season, it's who can stay hot 
and who can win against the teams that they should beat. And I think a lot of teams that could be pretenders, I think Oakland could fall off quickly here. Um, you know, I think Cleveland Browns, they're a force right now. I think running the football and playing extremely good defense. So I don't see them being a, you know, 11-5, 12-4 type of team. They may surprise people, but I can see them falling back maybe 9-7, and seven, maybe 10-6 when it's all said and done. So that's my uh, gist on uh, the AFC setting. Yeah, I think for me, I think the team that, the two teams here that I think made the most definitive statements over the weekend are uh, Kansas City uh, and Tennessee. Um, obviously, Kansas City started off hot in the first half, um, and we'll get into that with the with the three ups and three downs segment. But I think Kansas City definitely handled their business um, going into Tampa. Definitely just hung on at the end. Um, but you know, honestly, like Kansas City's so good that uh, for some games they just have to play a really good half of football, and and they're and they're and they're explosive enough to uh to pull that out um i think for me tennessee i think made the biggest statement um out of these teams over the weekend because you got them going into indy uh you got a division game so kind of you know throw the records out the window but indy's coming off of a of a you know good win um against my my packers last week pulling it out in overtime um but honestly they just went in and they just handled business and punched indy right in the mouth and indy didn't know what to do obviously you have the you have the mike tyson quote of everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the face well derrick henry brought his boxing gloves and 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 did all he did work uh against that indy defense who's actually been pretty stingy against the run the entire year but um, yeah, I think they made the bet the, the biggest statement out of these teams uh, over the weekend because I just think that you know Tennessee they Tennessee and and, and Cleveland are, are very similar in the fact that they're going to run the ball first and you're going to have to stop them. Um, we you know with that two headed running attack in, in in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski coming in and really taking the ball out of Baker's hands. I think it's the same thing with with Tennessee, but just with Derrick Henry, I mean, he's a weapon. And you can't appreciate Derrick Henry in the first quarter. You get, you're get you going to appreciate him in the second, third, fourth quarter. You know, the guy's a linebacker. I mean, he's 6'5", 6'6", you know, going at 240. Yeah, he just doesn't get tired, and he just brings it every play. And even, like, you know, he's a he's a throwback in the sense of he's like a Mike Allstott um, – you know, bruiser running back to where even his three and four yard carries are gonna, are gonna wear on a defense. So really, like I said, you know, he's a fine wine. He he, you appreciate him longer in the game when that defense is pretty much tired of tackling him uh, for the first two or three quarters, and then he starts you know busting loose and and creating havoc. So I think here, um, I think Tennessee made the biggest statement over the weekend. Buffalo stands pat with everybody else they did what they had to do uh against the chargers over the weekend um and we'll get into it a little bit but i think the team who lost the most i think is oakland um going into atlanta um and just getting molly by a pretty subpar uh atlanta team and we'll get into that in three ups and three downs by the way we keep saying oakland it's las vegas raiders i keep forgetting but it is what it is Oh, it's yeah. We'll just say that. Sorry, I'll do the bourbon. The Raiders. So, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think the team who made probably the biggest statement was probably Tennessee out of these out of this bunch. 
And it shouldn't be no surprise for a lot of people. Um, Ryan Tannehill had his best season in 2016. Yes, with Adam Gase. But they had Jay Ajay, who ran the football extremely well, rushed over, you know, 120 yards almost every single game within the span of like five or six games down the stretch. And there was a healthy offensive line, and their defense was top five, top ten in the NFL. And that just smells to me Tennessee. If you put playmakers around Ryan Tannehill and he can keep the ball out of the defense's possession, Tennessee is going to be a sneaky team to watch out to get to the AFC Championship game. They could knock off a team like the Red Hot Steelers. They could knock off a team like Kansas City. They'd stuck in some games before. So if, if I give Tennessee a grade right now in their building, their momentum, it's it's a B-plus, A-minus, the fact that they're getting A.J. Brown and Corey, um, Corey what's-his-face, number 84, Corey White. Um, and then you also have the, the tight end, Smith. So I think Derrick Henry is a very key factor on that team. But my goodness, does their defense come ready to play and Tannehill is not throwing the ball over. And that is what's going to keep them alive for the playoffs. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so let's get into the NFC playoff picture right now. Um, you have the New Orleans Saints, uh, the top seed right now at 9-2. and two. And then you have uh, Green Bay at 8-3, and three, Seattle at 8-3, and three, and those lovely, ugh, God, little giants, I want to call them. Uh, New York Giants leading the, the NFC least uh, at 4-7. and seven. And then you have the Los Angeles Rams uh, at the 5 seed at 7-4, and four, Tampa Bay Bucks at 7-5, and five, and then Arizona at 6-5. and five. Uh, Outside looking in, you know, that, that loss by Arizona at New England on Sunday actually really led into play. Uh, Minnesota, and even Chicago, look, for as bad as Chicago has looked and as bad as they looked on Sunday night, they're still in it. Uh, they're only a game back of Arizona, um, but, you know, I think they that led in, you know, some teams. I mean, if they if they pull that game out and they're 7-4, and four, you know, they got a two-game lead over uh, Minnesota and Chicago, but, you know, they went on the road, and, again, we'll get into that a little bit uh, for three ups and three downs. You know, I think the, the, the team that – kind of stands out to me um, out of this list is, uh, well, for it, I, I'll, I'll do two things. Stands out to me in a good way is New Orleans. With all of the ter- turmoil with the Michael Thomas situation, that's kind of subsided a little bit here um, with, with Drew Brees, you know, being out for the next two or three weeks. Um, I didn't know that you had 12 ribs to break, but apparently you do, um, and, and they're figuring it out. So, you know, I think New Orleans, for them, um, that bye week is going to be key, especially with Drew Brees and especially later on in the year, seeing how he's getting a little bit of a break right now. Uh, I think New Orleans, the fact that they're still 9-2 and two, uh, is is definitely a positive. But for, you know, to stand out in, in, in a negative way, it's definitely Tampa. Um, they looked Jekyll and Hyde on, on Sunday against Kansas City. They got thrashed in the first half, made a little bit of a comeback. But honestly, just... It, any, now, it's weird. Anytime where the stories leak between the quarterback and the head coach, I mean, I think Tom, no, it never turns out well. And literally, Tom Brady couldn't even get his, you know, couldn't even shower and get his street clothes on before the story started coming out between him and, and, and Bruce Arians. And they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde as far as their performance, but Jekyll and Hyde as far as their production on the field as well, because at times, it's kind of a weird mix between 
the offense that Tom Brady's used to running with using the tight ends, you know, six, seven yard uh, routes to get, to get the ball in his receiver's hands. But then they'll, they'll kind of throw the gas pedal down and start to go over the top and kind of show signs of that Bruce Arians, um, you know, deep passing offense. So I don't think they know who they are yet. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people say, well, by this time of the year, you are what you are, but I don't think we know what Tampa is because they can throw up games that they did against green Bay three weeks ago, where they just thrashed them at home. The defense looked really good and they can come out and crap. They bet against, you know, the Los Angeles Rams or, or play the way they did against Kansas city. So, um, I think what stands out to me in a good way is new Orleans with all the kind of turmoil that they have but then with tampa i mean they're just falling down the standings list and listen they're seven and five minnesota and chicago who knows crazier things have happened um but they're they're on their way out of the playoff picture right now yeah where there's smoke there's fire gif uh that's a cliche saying but it's so true with the tampa bay buccaneers hear me out on this okay bruce arians came out and said that tom brady's calling the place you know we we tell him what we really want to call but i'm paraphrasing but Tom Brady actually picks what they want to run. So not only is Tom Brady picking what they want to run, Tom Brady's actually picking who he can have on his team, Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. And, and so I'm seeing a little bit of turmoil slash cancer in the locker room with Tom Brady. And yes, it's only the, the, the first season that he's with Tampa Bay. And it's really his way of the highway it, it seems like, because all the decision-making is on Tom Brady. So if I'm Bruce Arians, right, and I come in to coach an organization and I think I have the power to call offensive plays and decide, you know, who's going to be acquired and who's going to fit Tom Brady's system, well, that's all thrown out the window when Tom Brady comes to town. And it is not a good look with Tom Brady currently, the way he is playing, the way he's overthrowing the ball, the way he's underthrowing the ball, the way he can't decide at the line, causing his offensive linemen not to trust him, the way that the running backs are you know, miscommunicated sometimes, sometimes there's fumbleitis. Tom Brady's one of the best quarterbacks of all time in the NFL. That's a guarantee. But is it slightly overrated with, with him? And the reason why I say that is his accuracy just shows with Tampa Bay and his decision-making, and I know he's 43 years old, 43 freaking years old, okay? But when it comes down to the point of, you know, trying to win games and, and win the right way, it seems like he's, you know, back in his, like, 2017 days trying to sling the ball left or right, and that's not the way Tampa should be built. The way Tampa should be built is exactly what Tennessee is doing. Have a good defense. Have a good running game. And then you can have Tom Brady utilize weapons, but to throw the football almost every single time is just, it's careless. And so I think the way the organization is looking right now with Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, it's looking bad, Giff. It is looking bad. Anytime you have the quarterback saying that he is in charge and he can't uh, deliver, that is a serious, serious uh, problem, and the coach is never happy when, when it translates to that. So if, if there's confrontation, if there's controversy behind closed doors, so be it. Leave it behind closed doors. Don't bring it on the field because we're seeing it. They're bringing it on the field. There's something going on in Tampa. 
Yeah, it, anytime you have, like you said, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and, and also, too, I think, you know, whenever that amount of press comes out as far as the relationship between, you know, the quarterback and between the coach, that's obviously never good. That's extra distractions. That's more questions that the players have to ask, and it just kind of hinders everybody in the locker room. So um, they're too talented on both sides of the ball. Um I, I don't think they use Ronald Jones enough. I don't think they use Leonard Fournette enough. And, you know, um, I don't know. It, 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 it's weird. Tom Brady um, was, like, yelling at the offensive lineman almost every single time he gets off the field because he gets sacked. You know how long he's holding on to the football? It's not like in New England, okay? New England, it was quick pace. Like, throw the ball, dish it out, have your wide receivers do, you know, yards after catch. Because in Tampa... He's not having the time because he has Chris Godwin. He has Mike Evans. Those guys like to run down post routes. That's what they're great at is running deep. And if Tom Brady doesn't have the time because he's still holding on to the football for so long, it comes down to timing. He did not, for whatever reason, the timing, whether that was training camp, whether that was practice, his timing with these wide receivers are so completely off and I have no reason why for it. And Bruce Arians is a great offensive-minded coach. But he again, he's not making the plays. He's not calling the plays, as he said. So I don't know if that's a shot to Tom Brady to say, hey, step it up because you're making me look bad. I guarantee that's what it is. That is exactly what it is. He's been throwing shots at Brady all year, too, which is interesting because, you know, Belichick would do it, but he would do it behind closed doors. Um, so it's interesting to see kind of the, the – um, situation uh, of the locker room and also too, don't throw it out of consideration if if this Tampa team um, you know uh, goes belly up and, and doesn't make the playoffs or or they have a, a, a pretty piss poor first round exit um, don't don't be shocked if Arians gets fired uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked at that I think Arians is I think he's in his, his mid to late 70s uh, coaching uh, you know he finally got his interim first uh head coaching job with Indianapolis I think when he was you know in his in his mid to late 60s so don't be shocked if this doesn't go well I mean Brady signed there for another year and and if they want to you know bring you know run it back with the same roster don't be shocked if Arians is out the door you know I I I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked at that um all right but that's why Belichick didn't want Tom Brady because he's getting old right and he wants something new something fresh not an old 43 year old quarterback thinking he could do whatever he wants and, and still do whatever he wants. I, I just feel like Tom Brady is not running the professionalism as he should be in Tampa. And he should lay off of Bruce Arians and the play calling and allow this team to excel because he is the biggest halt in this process. And this is what will make them miss the playoffs. And they very well could miss it at the end of the day. Um, all right, so let's kind of <clears throat> transition into uh, uh, the, the new segment that we have, three ups, three downs. You know, I think um, it just kind of mix it up a little bit. Obviously, we've done the the game coverage of, um, you know, certain games that happened. But I think we can quickly or quicker um, talk about the games when you talk about standout players. So the first up for me is is Derrick Henry. I mean, he was a man amongst boys uh, against Indianapolis over the weekend. Uh, Titans just put a beat down on the Colts, 45-26. to 26. Uh, Henry's numbers for the day. Uh, 
27 carries for 176 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Titans were up 35-14 at halftime, and, and it was pretty much over from there. And I think, you know, when he's running good, um, that whole team kind of feeds off of his energy. Um, you know, specifically Mike Rabel, uh, the coach for, uh, for, for Tennessee. I mean, he comes from that Belichick system, old school coach, wants to win with defense, running the ball. Um, and I think when, Her- when Henry's running well, it's tough. Like I said earlier, I mean, his three and four yard runs are tough. They're tough runs. I mean, and he's trying to gain every yard that he can um, on, on every, you know, touch of the ball. So, um, you know, and then again, Tannehill doesn't have to do too much play action pass. I think he only had close to 200 yards, you know, uh, passing uh, on Sunday. So first up for me is Derrick Henry. Um, he just, he, he embodies that whole team. And when he's running one well, again, he proved it in the playoffs last year. Um, he can be a weapon, you know. And obviously, in, in today's NFL, with the kind of run and gun um, spread uh, passing offenses around the NFL, I mean, they're they're a throwback team. And when he's gonna he, when he's running good, he can be as dangerous as any offensive weapon in the league. So first up goes to him. Um, you know, absolutely just crushed the 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 Colts uh, defense and and led them to a, to a big victory on the road. Yeah, one quick thing on Derrick Henry, too. The wear and tear on somebody's body in performing is the defense against this guy. Just get out of his way. Just don't even try to compete against this guy because he's going to either bulldoze you, run over you, and just make you look silly out there All for all four quarters. He might need the first quarter to, to get warmed up. But after that, watch out. That guy's a force. Um if if I may say the second up here, okay, Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill may go down as the top three best one-two punch I've ever seen. Um, and obviously, you know, I didn't see the old days with Jerry Rice and, you know, Joe Montana and Steve Young. But, um, you know, when, when you look at Patrick Mahomes and his capability to elude out of the pocket and make sure that he has the capability – of throwing balls where guys can catch them. And that's either sidearm, that's throwing the deep ball, that's throwing the short passes. He has it all. There is no slouch when it comes to Pat Mahomes' game. Tyreek Hill is one special dude. He just does everything correctly. I was just watching the play set. You know, you hear it more with the microphones now with NBC and I just love you know Tyree Kill's mindset on the line. He knows the plays. He can read them by scratch. He, 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 you can blindfold him, and he'll still run the right route. And Pat Mahomes threw 462 yards and three touchdowns. And 269 yards and three touchdowns was to Tyree Kill. And that just shows how vital this guy is to Kansas City. He may be... In my eyes, he may be the MVP of the the season. Um, obviously, it was a huge, massive performance. And, of course, there's a lot more games left. But what he does for that offense allows Pat Mahomes to do what he does too. So, I just think these guys, I'm telling you, one-two punch down the stretch in these guys' career, they're going to, to be top three best uh, one-two punches in the game tandems yeah yeah i'm and if you're if you're tampa right and and both of those deep touchdown passes 
um, he was on one-on-one coverage. And I'm not an X's and O's guys when it comes to football. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an armchair quarterback like everybody else. But the fact that he's not doubled, or at least you don't have any over-the-top help on him at all times, is mind-blowing to me. I don't understand why, because that's the exact reason those two deep touchdown passes are the exact reason why you need to double Tyree Kill. Listen, if Sammy Watkins beats you, fine. If Travis Kelsey beats you, fine. If 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 they run the ball with uh, Edwards Hilaire, fine. But that's the number one guy that you have to focus on at all times. And the fact that he's single covered, um, look, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Jalen Ramsey. I don't care if you're Stephon Gilmore. I don't care who you are. You're not covering that guy one on one. You're just not doing it. You know, you need you need a cor- you need a corner and you need some over the top help. Um, and listen, you're not going to be able to to do anything cute and and try to get a linebacker on him because he's just going to run around him. So you need over the top help on him at all times. And the fact that they didn't do that, um, you know, definitely cost them the game. So yeah, I agree. And listen, it's funny because all of the MVP talk during the year. Oh, okay, is it Russ? Is it Kyler? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Let's look at the stats for 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 Mahomes so far. Through eleven games, he has thirty three thousand four hundred ninety seven yards, third touchdowns, and two picks in eleven games. He's on pace to have another fifty touchdown season, and he has the potential of doing fifty touchdowns with less than ten interceptions, which is just mad in numbers on rookie, which is just insane. So can we just stop with the MVP talk right now? It's Patrick Mahomes, and it's Patrick Mahomes is to lose every single year. So let's just let let's stop with all of that. Um, and I think honestly, by the time that his by the time his career is over, they might call it the Patrick Mahomes Award and just call that the MVP. Oh, they should. But uh, Tyree Kill has sixty eight receptions for one thousand twenty one yards and thirteen touchdowns. So I'm not saying that Tyree Kill is going to win MVP but he should at least be in the top three, top five conversation. Um, but yeah, Pat Mahomes for sure. But w- one more point. I love Tyree Kill calling the phone and saying, hey, help is on the way. You're finally putting a safety on top of the cornerback. So thank you for, for allowing me to go off in the first three quarters. And then you you actually brought help and Tyree Kill still kind of walk all over you. So it doesn't matter. This guy's uncoverable. Um, Miami's going to have a tough matchup, too. They play them soon. Xavier Howard's arguably the best cornerback when it comes to interceptions. And so Tyreek Hill might have a day against him, too. And if he does, my goodness, uh, Tyreek Hill has a say in MVP uh, top three. So, Yeah, that was a nice little throwback to the Shannon Sharp uh when he did that against the Pats, uh, I think it was either during a playoff game or a regular season game. He he, he got on the red phone and uh, basically said, you know, bring in the bring in the the army, bring in the navy. It doesn't matter. We're still running all over you. So it was a nice little throwback to uh, to to when Shannon or excuse me Sterling, uh, yeah, with Shannon Sharp when he did that. Um, last up for me, New England Patriots. Um, you know, when you look at the stat line for the Pats, especially going up against an Arizona team. Um, Cam Newton threw for less than 100 yards. Um, you know, they, they didn't have uh, a lot of rushing yards. Um, so their offense was pretty pedestrian. But if you take a look at the defense for the Pats, and again, you know, you got three or four guys opting out. 
Hightower's out, Chung's out, um, but they still put a game plan together to keep Kyler Murray under wraps. Um, Kyler only had 170 yards passing. He had one pick, no touchdowns, only had 31 yards rushing, uh, which is definitely uh, – he's obviously a dual threat. Um, they, they, held, they held Nuke Hopkins to 55 yards receiving on five catches. And look, I mean, that, that was a big game for Arizona because, again, that loss – kept Minnesota and kept Chicago in it as far as, you know, being eligible to, you know, sneak in the playoffs as a six or a seven seed. So, um, you know, big ups to, to the Pats. I know they had a big, uh, a big uh, kick return uh, in the second half that kind of helped them out a little bit. Um, Cam did what he did. Um, and the offense wasn't really great, but that defense held Kyler to, to, to what they did. And, uh, that's a big win. You know, they're, they're still technically in it. I don't think they get in just because of the teams that are ahead of them. They're five and six and, you know, they're, they're looking to catch up to, uh, you know, to Indianapolis, um, with that last playoff seed, uh, with them being seven and five, but honestly, great win for them. Um, you know, and again, Arizona, they're still, they're still kind of feast or famine. They look really good one week. Uh, that's two straight losses for them uh, coming off the Seattle loss last week on, on Thursday night. But, uh, yeah, big ups to the Pats for that win. I mean, I don't know how they did it, um, but they definitely pulled it off, and I think that's a, that's a Belichick win. You know, he just he, he just knows what a team does, um, and he's able to, to stop them. Keep, they, they kept Colin Murray in front of them the entire game. So, so big ups to the Pats for that win. That was huge for him. Yeah, J.C. Jackson has become a really good uh, secondary, um, you know, playmaker. Not only from a turnover standpoint, he actually his positioning, his um, way of seeing the quarterback, watching the quarterback, uh, he can really read the quarterback's next move. So that is critical and vital to the success of the Patriots, and that that secondary has been stellar. So I, I will say, Kyler Murray had you know tough time, of course, but. That's expected. I mean, Kyler Murray's, you know, to, to me, he's a slightly above average quarterback. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is because he, he's just so inaccurate sometimes. And, you know, if it wasn't for that that big, big throw that he had, um, you know, to, to put away, was it the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, with that huge pass to DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, they would have another loss in the column. So um, I, I just can't. I can't look at Cardinals being a really big threat into the playoffs on the NFC side. Um, talk about one of their division rivals, Los Angeles Rams, and we have the San Francisco 49ers. And the Rams, again, lose, okay? I, I just I hate the fact that people are just riding Jared Goff and saying he's a good quarterback, he's a good quarterback. When, when, does, when does Sean McVay make the move and say, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to rely on this guy under center anymore. I'm going to go out and get my own guy, whether that's through free agency or whether that's through the draft. I'd want to see what they do in free agency. If they go out and try to get Dak and see what Dak can do against Jared Goff um, and have them battle it out, I I think that's a pretty good position for for the Rams. Um, But I just don't like the way Jared Goff plays football. He's so indecisive inaccurate you know sometimes he has big games but is that due to his wide receivers he's got Robert Woods he's got Cooper Cup you know he's got Higby um you know they they got decent amount of talent but when when it all when it's all said and done I mean he had two interceptions and one fumble okay and a pick six and yes they lost 23 to 20 but who was under center for the 49ers Beckhart okay 
who was, or was it Mullins? I don't even know who it was, and I don't even care. It, it was Mullins, because I, I, but I don't even care because Kyle Shanahan is just putting out these guys on the field every any given Sunday. That's that's their motto this year. Kyle Shanahan, if this team goes nine and seven, ten and six, write him up as coach of the year. There's no way. There's no way that this team should be where they're at. And they are playing with a, a, a big chip on their shoulder and a lot of force. And again, Richard Sherman showed on Sunday, too, that he can play with the best in the secondary. He is a guy he, he, He's a guy that you want to plug into that secondary and just make them throw the ball the other way. And that's what Jared Goff couldn't do. I mean, Cooper Cup was irrelevant in that game. So um, I, I just think that was a great build uh, build up win for the 49ers moving forward. Yeah, and and to your point about McVay potentially going out on free agency and um, you know pursuing other options, I don't think it's going to be the case because a couple years ago they gave, or maybe last year they gave Goff four years at 134 million dollars, and the biggest key for them is over the next two years. His contract combined in dead cap money is ninety-five million dollars. I don't see the yeah, I don't see the Rams eating ninety-five million dollars over the next couple of years. I'm pretty sure his cap his dead cap next year is like sixty million dollars the way that the, the contract is negotiated. So, you know, if you're the Rams, this is kind of who you are. You got golf for at least another couple of years. I think the third year Yeah, well, I think the third year, um, you know, I think it's only like $8 million in dead cap money, so they might make a move then. But listen, you're you're kind of stuck with this guy. Um, so, so that's, you know, unfortunately, you know, unless you want to eat $95 million over the next couple of years not having this guy uh, play for you, um, you kind of are what you are. And to kind of, you know, parlay you are what you are, um, our, our next down of the week goes to the, uh, sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you know, they, they, they just go into Atlanta and just get stomped, just got crushed. They, you're absolutely right. I call this the, uh, I call this the, uh, the Huggies game where they basically just shit themselves. It was awful. Um, sponsored by Huggies too. Can we get, actually, I, I have another baby on the way. Can we get a Huggies sponsorship? That'd be dope. Um, anyway, um, so they're right in the mix for obviously one of the last playoff uh, spots in the AFC heading into the week. Um, they get blown out 43 to six. David Carr has four turnovers, three fumbles and one pick six. Um, Raiders offensive line lets up five sacks. And honestly, if you look at the Atlanta stat line, um, no Julio Jones, Matt Ryan has less than 200 yards passing. They don't Atlanta doesn't have a hundred yard rusher uh, during the game. Um, just if you look at it, you go, how is this 43 to six? But, you know, turnovers killed them. I'm pretty sure that you have the pick six. And I think the other fumbles were in their own territory or around midfield. So Atlanta had a short field to deal with, uh, going down the stretch, you know, and with that win, Atlanta's four and seven, you know, so they were three and seven at the time and the Raiders just got the doors blown off. So, you know, to reiterate the point of you are what you are, listen, I think they gave Carr four years and a hundred million bucks. You kind of are what you are, and he's at the helm. Um, and again, he has he had good 
Good luck with that. Um, so kind of a nightmare for for, for Chucky. Um, I think Carr got pulled uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, just not, not a good win for them, and especially, you know, them fighting for a playoff spot. It's the complete opposite of what you want to see. They just, they, you know, Atlanta got out to a, to a, you know, to a big lead and, and, and the Raiders kind of, you know, they, they cracked themselves, but they kind of, you know, uh, folded towards the end. So definitely a down for them. And, um, I think this definitely sets them back moving forward. Gif, can you name one defensive player on Atlanta? No, I can't. I, I, I can't. That's why I'm asking you because three fumbles and one pick six. That to me, this is more than just a trap game, okay? This is just a whole demolishing of your team and the message that Chucky wants to send, okay? Josh Jacobs, okay, he's a guy that you should be running the football with almost every single down with Derek Carr being your quarterback. Reason for it, you do have Darren Waller, okay? And he is a specimen. Okay, and when you put him in play action fake, he has the capability of doing things. Derek Carr, uh, and put uh, sorry, David Carr, and putting is it David Carr or Derek Carr? It's Derek Carr, correct? David. Yeah, Derek. His his brother. His brother was David. He was the number one pick. That went to Houston, and and he was out in two or three years. Correct. So if you look at the weapons that the Raiders have. Henry Ruggs, um, you know, uh, was it uh, Renfro? Um, I I can't name another player that brings more capabilities to that offense than Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. Okay, so one, they do need help in wide receiver because they don't have much of of an opportunity. Hunter Renfro is an okay wide receiver. Henry Ruggs is a rookie wide receiver. And Darren Waller is a second-year player. And Josh Jacobs, I believe, is a second-year running back. So they do need some kind of presence, whether they go that direction in the draft or they go and get wide receiver in the offseason. But ultimately, what it comes down to is you're playing the Atlanta Falcons, Derek. Okay, You don't need to make something uh, like you don't need to throw the football down the field, you know, uh, 30 to 40 times. That just is not needed in this game. What's needed in this game is you stopping the run Todd Gurley and making Matt Ryan become one-dimensional and having that pass rush. Because if you have the capability of doing that, Matt Ryan chokes when he sees a pass rush. It's been true ever since he's he stepped on the field for Atlanta. And has he put up numbers? Sure. But that's when he has the time in the pocket. So you got to get cute with the defense sometimes. You got to run zero blitzes, or you got to make sure that you're forced stopping the run and making him again one dimensional and stopping that play action opportunity. Because you see it too many times, teams get cute offensively when they should be just running the football with Josh Jacobs, one of the best backs in the NFL, and two get the ball to Darren Waller, who's a specimen, a playmaker, and Atlanta has zero defensive players on that defense. So. No excuses for the Raiders, okay? This is more than just a trap game. This is a total crapshoot of a game. You pooped your pants. Just be honest with yourself. And, Chucky, it's on to the next one because, sorry, your team didn't come ready against Atlanta. Atlanta Falcons, give me a break. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty... Uh... 
pretty pitiful, pretty pitiful performance. Um, so our our last down uh, of the week actually came out today. Um, Will Fuller um, got popped for PED um, usage, and he got suspended for six games. So uh, I think we're calling it a down because this is a guy who was talked about in trade talks uh, a couple of weeks ago. I know the Packers were, yep, Packers were definitely involved. Um, I, I, they didn't want to give up a number one pick um, for Will Fuller, and boy, did that you know did that decision pay off? Um, yeah, I mean, look for a league that hands out painkillers like candy and and that's been well documented and everybody knows and and former players have talked about it i can't imagine the amount of peds that were in his system to go ahead and get pop for that um so for him you know going into free agency after the end of the year i mean he was one of the top wide receivers i think that's going to come out uh as a free agent and to have this now um you know and it just brings up a whole bunch of different questions never mind you that previous to this he couldn't stay on the field he's actually stayed on the field quite a bit for deshaun watson and he's been the number one target for deshaun watson for pretty much the entire year so the kind of question mark about him was his his stability, his being able to stay on the field, being able to stay healthy, and he's actually done that for the majority of the year. So now you have the injury questions, but now you have the reliability questions of him getting popped for six games for the PED suspension. So, <coughs> excuse me, but for me, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a tough one, you know, because six games is pretty much all the way to the end of the year. Um, so... You know, for him, that's that's a tough one. You know, that's a tough one for 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 him, especially coming out as as a potential free agent, and uh, he might have cost himself a boatload of money with with that. So, um, I just think that you know, and listen, you know, he might fight it. He might say that he took some supplements that he did. he'll do all the the song and dance that typically people do. Yeah, but honestly, like especially in this in this year where um, he's coming out as a free agent and who knows what ha- what's going to happen with the salary cap, who knows what teams are going to be able to spend. So that's just a, a poor decision on his part. And um, that's why we called it. That's why we called it a down for this week. Giff, there's one name, a part of the Houston Texans currently. Okay. He got in trouble in 2017 for PEDs. Mr. Brian Cushing. Okay. He is the assistant strength and conditioning coach for the Houston Texans. If I'm the NFL, I am testing all players on the Houston Texans for PEDs, not just Will Fuller. When Brian Cushing gets in trouble for PED usage back in 2017, and he is the strength and conditioning coach assistant, you have to check that out. And I'm telling you right now, I will not be shocked if there are more players that have get caught with PEDs. So I think this is the first shoe to drop and it's not going to be the only one. And so it doesn't shock. It's not shocking to me um, when I heard the news because I ultimately knew Brian Cushing was part of that organization. I didn't know that he was assistant strength and conditioning coach, um, which I'm laughing because he is in shape, but a big purpose and reason for it is because he used PEDs in 2017. So, but again, you know, a lot of it's under the table, a lot of it can be used, a lot of it can't be used. So there's a lot of different supplements that, you know, I guess are passed and there's a lot that aren't. So we'll follow across that line. And yes, you're right. He costs himself an extremely good amount of money uh, in free agency. He is a good deep threat, but 
Again, he might just be another Kenny Stills. Uh, but no, no surprise here. Brian Cushing. Hey, Will, you, Will, you want some? Yeah, I, I can give you some. You got caught in 2017. Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll figure it out when that comes. All right, now you're paying the price. Quick note here, okay? Ole Miss wide receiver recruiting is going up. Big reason why? DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown. Okay, DK Metcalf for the Seahawks, A.J. Brown for the Titans. A total of 98 receptions for 1,677 receiving yards currently and 17 touchdowns. Both in the top 10 for TDs. My goodness, Ole Miss is going to be loving the recruiting classes moving forward because if these kids out of high school see what DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown are doing as of late, they're going to say, I want to go to Ole Miss because they develop wide receivers. There might be many, many more out there too, but two of them come to my mind. That's DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. My goodness. Yeah, Giff, any final thoughts? Just as long as just as long as Brian Cushing doesn't become part of the training staff for Ole Miss, we're fine. And uh, we'll see what uh, this sports week, um, you know, turns out to be. Great college basketball games, by the way. If you're a college basketball fan, a lot of good games on. Yeah, tune in, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week.